are listening to the 4-7 Podcast, the podcast where two normal guys interview and reminisce about their favorite Christian artists from the 90s and today. Welcome to the 4-7 Podcast. I am RJ, as always, with Mike. We are back. It is our Season 3 premiere. I'm not sure I told Steve that, but hey, here you are in the Season 3 premiere of uh, the 4-7 Podcast. Our last episode was actually way back in August. We took an extended break because uh, Mike and I can only deal with so much of each other. And we're back. Uh, we've got a cool lineup uh, for the new year. And the first one is Steve from Wolves at the Gate. Welcome. Thanks, guys. I didn't know uh, I should be so honored. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're following one of the, one of our last people with a switch foot. So you got a lot, oh, you got cool. a lot to live up to today, Steve. Well, I'm going to be a big letdown then because uh, <laughs> I'd rather watch that than this. So, well, well, he is being a little a little uh, hard on you. We had the uh, the piano player from Switchfoot. Now we have the lead singer or the 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 clean singer of Wolves of the Gate. So, uh, as far as in placement, we might be, you know, Jerome, Jerome's seen a lot, you know. So I would be very. We curious. actually I, probably have to do a two or three parter with him because uh, yeah. man, we 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 talked for a very long time, and I felt like we were not even close to done. So, yeah, um, he was a cool dude. We've had some cool people. We actually made that intro for season three just so we could show off all the cool people who've been on our podcast. <laughs> and there's been so many more. Uh, we're we're super uh, happy to uh, have been able to talk to so many cool people. Um, and I'm happy to talk to you today. Um, I actually first came about your music uh, with uh, the bird and the snake. Um, I heard that uh, randomly. I don't even know where. And I was just like, man, this is so good. Um, and then you guys did an acoustic album uh, or EP, I think, with like six songs or so with everybody on it. It was like Emery, Toby from Emery was on it. And um, uh, Citizens, I think, was on it too. Yeah. Uh, just some really cool stuff. So uh, I've, I've gotten into you. I think that was like 2012-ish or so um, that you guys had that or or so. It was like your second album, I think. But um Steve, let me tell you how I heard about you guys. So um, I love Christian music in general. I love um, anything from like Solid State, Tooth & Nail, even back in the old um, uh, independent label, the Diamante distribution back. I'm not sure if you remember like Everyday Life or people like that. Um, But I love music history and stuff like that. So the church I go to is very conservative, to say the least. Um, they, They started off at hymns and now they're like more... Uh, did more worship, but uh, my pastor's wife have anybody sent me you guys? <laughs> she sent me an article that says, uh, Christian metal artist whose lyrics sound like the book of Psalms. <laughs> I'm like, let me check this out, and I checked it out. And I was like, dang, she ain't getting it. It was fantastic. <laughs> well that's yeah that's that's very flattering it's some of the best writing well actually it's the best writing that's ever existed so if we have any uh shades of that then that's awesome nice well again thank you for coming on the show uh it's it's a, an honor to have you um let's get right into it so uh tell us a little bit about where you grew up and you know kind of uh you know how was your how was your life like what kind of musical influences did you have growing up um well it's kind of a kind of a two-parter do you want do you want more of with me growing up or more of uh, musical influence because those are those are yeah, two very, very different stories where are you from where were you born where, where where did it all start 
So I, uh, I grew up in, in North Jersey. Uh, you know, I was asked uh, by Mike, the armpit of America. Um, I meant that with the <laughs> utmost respect, by the way. I, I, I'll, sure, I'll take it. Um, you know, hey, when you're born in an armpit, you don't know anything. Listen, when my armpit. wife first met me, she's like, man, you got some nice pits. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, grew up in North Jersey, town called Bergenfield. Uh, kind of right outside of Manhattan, uh, across you know from the the George Washington Bridge. So, kind of city urban setting, um, very eclectic, you know, very diverse, um, which was really, uh, really cool. You know, um, not, you know, uh, same type of people. Um, I, I learned a lot through those experiences, just meeting different types of people, different types of families, how different families do things, different cultures do things. Uh, so that was really cool for me, um, and uh, I didn't really realize how important that was uh, in my life until much later. But um, I just have one brother. Uh, he's older than I am. His name's Phil. Um, just standard, cool, older brother. Um, and uh, <clears throat> we actually didn't have a lot in common uh, most of our lives. Um, uh, it wasn't until we were adults that we actually realized we had a lot more in common. We just didn't know that when we were younger. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, pretty normal upbringing, you know, dad, dad was a, a general contractor specialized in like kitchen and bathroom remodel. And so I was around that all the time. And that's a big part of what I do now um, as well, uh, apart from music. So mom's very musical. So she always had music on. And I think that's kind of where, um i get a lot of that creativity from but both of my parents are super creative they're 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 artists in disguise they don't dress like artists or act like artists but they are definitely artists just two very different ways and i kind of got a little bit of both of their personalities so thankful for that nice nice so growing up uh with creative parents and growing up in the jersey area what kind of music were you listening to who was big uh growing up yeah, the cool thing about Jersey was w w when I was growing up, just the amount of bands coming up from the punk scene, you know, I mean, a lot of people know them as huge bands now, like My Chemical Romance, but I was hearing about My Chemical Romance as, you know, a band that was playing VFW shows, um, you know, bands like Thursday, um, you know, a lot of the guys grew up in the town next to me. Um, and so a lot of the murmurings that I heard about, you know, were from guys in those bands, you know, Starting Line, uh, Armor for Sleep, um, Census Fail. All those bands were from like the the county I was in, and there's wow. still awesome. there's still more, you know. So I was hearing about a lot of those bands just from, you know, underground coming up from that, um, and so that definitely impacted um, me, you know, with the music that I ended up really clinging to. You know, what was popular in the area I grew up in was rap. Everybody loved rap. Nobody liked rock. And I just never got into uh, rap. Um, I did like some of it when I was in middle school, but it was only like one rapper. His name was Mace. And I probably shouldn't have been listening to uh, his stuff. <laughs> but my next door neighbor liked him and he was my friend and we played basketball together. So that was apparently, how. Apparently, Mace became like a minister. Oh, really? Apparently, I heard that for a little while. Yeah, I don't know if he's still doing that. No, but. he had a little falling out, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's nice. That's definitely nice. a career path, you know, uh, rapper to minister. Minister, that's, that's right. It happens. 
I mean, hey, nothing's better than a professional wrestler sting with the face paint being a pastor as well. So. <laughs> is he a pastor? Having, he oh, is. Imagine just, having your I pastor go out no with a idea. bat and the the, 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 the the black face paint. Awesome. White face paint. But anyways, yeah. hey, uh, sounds good. Actually, that sounds like my brother and I, too. My brother grew up listening to rap. He was into Puff Daddy and Mace and everything. And so mm-hmm. my brother and I, similar, he's totally separate. So I went the mm-hmm. rock way, did Rage Against the Machine, and then got yeah. into like emo stuff for like Take It Back Sunday, Thursday, AFI. Um, so all that stuff is super good. I actually saw you cover, uh, I think, Thursday, uh, Understanding yeah. in a Car Crash over on yep. Instagram, which was pretty cool. Yep. Um so what about like growing up, uh, it, it, was there a church influence for you uh, with your family or is that mm-hmm. something you discovered on your own? No. Uh, so, yeah, so I grew up, I grew up in, in the church, um, you know, went to a couple different churches throughout, you know, from when I was little to high school, um, you know, but the, I definitely got kind of the basics of what I understand, you know, the, the Christian faith to be there, um, but I didn't really have any uh, depth of understanding, um, you know, and that's really to nobody's fault, probably, but my own. Um, but yeah, I think to some degree there was a good bit of, it was fairly shallow. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff, especially as I got older, um, you know, teenagers, you know, middle school and teenagers get separated from the adults and they just kind of give you the watered down version of things. And, don't really talk about the gospel. Um, just talk about like how to be a good kid. Um, and that's not helpful. Um, cause the gospel is about salvation. Not mm. it's, it's, it's actually not about being good. The gospel reveals that we're not good. Um, and so I, that definitely was a disadvantage to me. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I grew up around the church. My parents were both Christians. Um, you know, so I, I definitely was had an advantage for sure. I was very fortunate to be around, um, you know, that environment. And, you know, a lot of people can say <laughs> they, they've said they've been around that environment and it was a disadvantage to them. But I do believe that, you know, regardless of how poorly maybe something's taught or explained, I was hearing the word of God and um, that's what God uses to change hearts. And so uh, I was very grateful for for having that um, foundation. Steve, it's, it's, awesome. it, when you were growing up, and, and it's interesting what you said, because I agree with you. I think a lot of times the church does a disservice and they make everything about the rules. They don't make things about the relationship. They just say, oh, be a good person. That's it. But I, I agree with you. It's so much more than just being a good person. It's really about a heart change. It's really about understanding that I am not good enough for Jesus. God, I am not good enough for God. He had to send his son because we're not good enough, so you can um, you know bridge that gap, so we can get to heaven. Um, when I, I don't want to jump out too far ahead here, but mm-hmm. uh, I do want to go back to that a little bit in a minute. But I want to preface with this because going through this is this kind of how you got into the music? Did you kind of get into the music because you wanted to make a difference in this web by using music, by using lyrics, and by showing people that, Hey, it's, it's a lot more than just being a good person. Yeah. I mean, so I got, I got into music just cause I loved music and, uh, I, it wasn't until I went and saw, um, like a real 
like punk rock show that I was like, I want to do that. That looks so fun. You know, I want to, I want to make those sounds out of a guitar. That's what mm -hmm. I wanted to do. I saw those guys hitting those six strings and on that piece of wood. And I was like, man, if I could do anything close to that, I'd be, I would just, that, that'd be mountaintop. If I oh, could yeah. just, if I could just play music, honestly, that was the goal for me for the longest time. I tried starting bands for years, probably seven or eight years and i couldn't get anybody to, to start a band with me and i started to think like man do I, am i just like really bad or like what is the, but so they're really you know i think kind of growing up in the church i had kind of this thought of like well you know i want it to be christian but i didn't have any real direction i cared i cared a lot more about the music and i'm grateful that god kind of protected me from yeah jumping in early and really, honestly, just kind of making a mess of things, you know. Um, it's not as though I thought that, I think that when I started Wolves of the Gate, I was just incredibly mature, but way more mature than I would have been starting a band when I was 17 or 16. Um, so that kind of came later. Um, really what happened was uh, I came to truly understand the reality of really what it means to have faith and believe the gospel that change happened and that's what impacted how i wanted to do music and that was before i started wolves at the gate nice so uh, i guess let's fast forward to there so you you mentioned trying to start a number of bands um and then finally getting wolves at the gate off the ground so how did that come about um you know how did you meet all of those guys and start that that project yeah so it was in college that the band got started um <clears throat> really i'd always written songs and just never had people that would be in a band uh so i would just write songs and it would just be for me for fun uh you know I, at that point i'd probably written 40 50 songs never saw the light of day and um i met um our original drummer which is like five drummers ago um he and i played soccer uh, at the college together and he was a freshman and you know i was a uh junior at that time and so i kind of took him under my wing found out that he played drums found out that he actually liked good music because there were people that played you know there's plenty of people that played instruments at the college but not a lot of people that had great well the taste in music that i appreciated um <laughs> and so when i found out that we liked a lot of the same bands i was like hey i have these songs that i wrote like would you be interested in like playing drums to them he's just like sure and i was just like it was like it finally happened <laughs> you know i was a junior in college and i finally had somebody who was like yeah i'll play music with you i was like okay so it was just him and i at my house uh that i lived in in college just making a racket you know in my living room and i remember uh, ben our bassist who he's the only remaining original member ben and i were friends uh just from you know just college stuff and he lived down the street from me and i was having so much fun i was just like this is awesome and ryan was a great drummer and so i just ran down the street to ben and i said ben we're i'm starting a band you need to play bass in it and uh he's like okay <laughs> so he got his bass like the next day and came down and that's when i remember i'd met jeremy along the way who was our original guitar player literally did the same thing was crossing paths with him in between classes and i was like jeremy i was like you play guitar right he's like yeah i was like i started a band do you want to 
be in the band? He's like, sure. It was like, <laughs> there was like nothing, there was nothing special. It wasn't like, what kind of music is it? It was just literally like, go. And uh, so that's kind of how that all happened. No real, you know, intellect or vision, just excited to play music. Now, when you were, so I have, I have my own business and I, and I, there's many things that I kind of see. No, I don't play music at all. I love mm-hmm. hardcore music, but I feel like there's a correlation with me. We, we might have something in common here. So your next singer might be this guy right here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, no, but I wanted to say was, did you guys, like, I know when I, whenever I try to do things on my own away from Christ, it was just me trying to do things. It never went anywhere. And mm-hmm. the harder I tried, the harder I tried to do this and say, you know, God, I don't need you in this part of my life. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to make it happen. And I'm going to make it all about me. It never, ever amounted to anything. But as soon as I gave it over to Christ, all of a sudden things just started happening. And I'm like, holy cow. Like, this is what God wants me to do. And I wouldn't have seen it. I didn't see it before because I was so much into what I wanted to do. Was it was that was it kind of the same way when you were trying to start your own bands and all of a sudden your faith really matured and then is that when Wolves of the Gate really started coming together? Um, I mean, if you could look at it, you know, like pragmatically and say that is kind of the way that it happened, but you know, I know lots of I know lots of you know good people who are Christians who have good intentions and things don't work out, you know? Um, and so I, I don't think that it was necessarily, I, I believe that it was definitely God's kindness to not yeah. allow uh, any success while I was really, really just young and foolish. Um, and, it, you know, had a lot of heart, but no brains really. Um, and my brains needed to catch up with my passion. Um, and not saying that I had, I, I am smart now, but saying, I needed to really think about what is it that I'm actually, what was it that I claim to believe? And so I would say that it was God's kindness. I don't think that necessarily I instigated anything um, because um, yeah, I, I, I would probably struggle to think that way. Cause that can, that, I think that could end up being a, um, you make that the, the, the marker of, you know, at what point are you mature enough or have I given enough over? Because the reality is, is my motives are always mixed. Unfortunately, yeah. as a person, our motives are always mixed, you know, but there is a certain kindness we can see in God's providence for him to allow things to work in the right time. Cause it's probably better that things worked well when you were more mature because you would handle them more maturely. And it's really God kind of using uh, us in a way that would, <coughs> Um, better suit those who are going to be on the tail end, you know, because there were going to be a lot. Of, I had no idea, but apparently there was going to be a lot of people that were going to listen to our music and listen to what I have to say. And I'm so thankful that it wasn't when I had less uh, good things to say. Yeah. Um, so makes sense. Nice. Yeah. So uh, you guys got together. I, I think that was around 2008. You mentioned um, mm-hmm. it wasn't until 2011 or so that you guys signed to Solid State. And mm-hmm. in between that, you mentioned it before, you, your drummer, uh, Ryan, uh, moved on. Um, and then so did uh, a number of others, I think. Dave, uh, as well, mm-hmm. uh, joined the group at some point during that time. Uh, you had, an, uh, I want to say, an unclean vocal or a screamer, uh, yeah. Colin, uh, yeah, Colin, who also yeah. uh, left at that time. Um, what was it like dealing with 
the movement of so many people in the band? Did that disrupt things or was it uh, kind of a smooth transition with, with replacements and things? So when Ryan decided he couldn't do the band anymore, it was really sad because he really was a major part of uh, giving us our identity, you know, like, um, uh, you know, with his musical creativity. Um, and so that was really hard for, for me because he actually was the second member. Um, you know, it was just him and I. Um, and he and I actually played a show together, just him and I, um, which was, it's hilarious to think back to, but um, <laughs> yeah, so that, that, was, that was definitely hard for me, um, but the band was still so fresh at that point. You know, it was, we were like maybe a year and a half, a year. And so, yeah, Dave, we'd known, and he came in and played drums. And then when Colin, when we found out that Colin wasn't, basically we were, we got a record deal and Colin told us, guys, I can't tour. Um, and so that was a bit of a shot because again, you know, Colin was a great front man, um, you know, uh, and it's hard to replace somebody who really is kind of like the face of the band. Um, so yeah, it was, it was odd, but you know, we knew that we wanted to keep going and we knew that if, if this was what God wanted us to do, he's going to provide the right person, um, for, um, you know, the occasion. And so that's just what happened, you know? Um, so yeah, it was difficult, but at the same time, we knew we wanted to keep trying, uh, to make stuff work, but we are, we weren't going to try and beat a dead horse either. I mean, we, we, we almost closed up shop a number of times and actually most seriously the, our first proper release, which was re, we are the ones, but that's what got us signed. Um, mm. we were kind of making that as like a, a swan song, you know, cause we'd never actually done a proper release. We'd always just done singles. And so Ben and I thought we're like, all right, we pooled our money and we're just like, let's just, let's just do it up big and go out with a bang. And it ended up kind of kicking this thing off. So nice, nice. So what, what was the difference for you? Or actually, let me back it up a little bit. So solid state, how did that come into play? Um, was that someone that you had your eyes on the whole time or um, were there other, you know, other labels you were hoping to get on? What, what was that like? Um, so we, I mean, we had, so when we put out that EP, we had, you know, label interests from, you know, three or four uh, record labels. Um, but we'd always loved solid state and tooth and nail bands growing up. And so when, when they came to the table, cause they kind of came late, um, you know, we were just like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Um, so yeah, it definitely was, it was pretty surreal. I remember, you know, Ben and I just, we worked construction together and, uh, um, I remember getting a, a text from our manager and he was like, he's like, Hey, uh, uh, Adam from solid state wants to give you, or from tooth and nail, uh, wants to talk to you. I'm like, uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was kind of the, the beginning of the end for, um, you know, what would happen with us getting signed. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Nice. And I don't see this very often, but you guys have pretty, you've remained on solid state for the entirety since then. Mm -hmm. um, what has made you guys want to stay with solid state um, throughout pretty much your career as a band? So, yeah, like band and label relationships are very sensitive, very nuanced. Um, and, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, 
I would probably say the vast majority of why we've, you know, we signed with them, we've extended contracts with them, has been our A and R Adam uh, Scatula. Um, he he came in as an A and R, um, and we were the first band that he signed um, when he when he was working there, and you know he and I are the same age. Um, you know we we just get along like we're friends and. You know, they've always treated us with respect and, you know, trusted us as artists and um, did their, you know, I know they've done their best to try and give us the opportunity to just continue creating. Um, and they've also trusted us, you know, to, you know, to, you know, we've produced a lot of stuff ourselves. Um, and a lot of times that can be hard for a record label, you know, to trust the band to do what you really should hire a professional to do. Um, but they've given us that creative freedom and also that financial freedom too. So, um, yeah, I guess we've just built a lot of trust over the years. And, you know, I know Adam personally, like as a person, as a, you know, as a husband and a father and he's a good guy and I trust them. And so that's a really massive and important part of that relationship. Um, so Steve, question for you. So, uh, RJ and I were talking about this earlier. You know, in the Christian hard rock scene, hardcore scene, there, especially when there's a lot of younger bands, they start off on fire for God. They start off, um, they start off what seems to be deep rooted in their faith. Then over time, I see a lot of these bands—not a lot, not a lot—but a few bands that are prominent. They just totally walk away from their faith. How do you guys keep your faith strong? when you're on the road because you, I, I, when you're on the road i'm sure there's challenges i'm sure there's temptation i'm sure there's things that can make you go astray or you know how do you guys keep you each other accountable how do you guys keep your how do you guys keep it ministry first versus getting wrapped up in things that could pull you away mm -hmm. well you know it's interesting that that question you know um of yeah there's a lot of challenges from touring or the road but the reality is you know we as especially in our american christian culture there tends to be a focus on the evil outside but not the evil inside um amen, amen to that yeah and so it's almost as if you know we're these pure um things that, you know, could only be unstained by something outside of us, you know, and Jesus obviously addresses that. He says, it's not the things that you put in your mouth that defile a man. It's, it's what comes out of him. Right. And, and he's saying it's the heart. That's the problem. And so um, what has been very important for us as a band is to um, in our relationship with each other is to address the heart and not necessarily um, the outward things, you know, um, that could be distracting to some people. Now we could get into a whole long conversation about all sorts of stuff, but the, the main part of it is simply put is continuing to, um, remind each other of how much we need the gospel. Um, I think one of the, the biggest problems in any ministry is when the minister thinks they're the one that has all the answers and they have no need. Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of like something I always said as a teenager, even 
Like I couldn't listen to preachers who preach as if they didn't have any sin themselves. Mm. Um, because if they, if, if they seemed unaware of their own sinfulness, anytime I would listen to a preacher who seemed unaware of their own sinfulness, that means they're also unaware of the great grace that comes to them in Christ. And so if they don't know their sin, how are they going to show me how beautiful salvation is? How beautiful it is that God has, um, has bought my life, you know, with his son's blood. And so that's really the premise that I've, you know, if I, you know, I, it's a, seems like a silly word, but I kind of lead the band in that, in that vision. And I've made that a big part of my purpose when we would be on tour is to talk about those things and um, to have discussions with the guys and, it's so, uh, yeah, it's so, it's so awesome, you know, for us that we, we have that re- relationship with each other hmm. because it also really reminds us, you know, cause you know, when we, when we go on tour, we preach the gospel, you know, wherever we go. Um, it reminds us why that's so important that we preach the gospel because if, if us, you know, sharing about God's love, if it's just this thing that we're doing because it's ministry and we, we're a band that does ministry, it has no, um, it's like a car with no gas in it, you know? Um, it's still a car. It could totally drive. You ain't got no gas, you know, and you're not going anywhere. And that's really for us is the gospel. God's love for us is what fuels us to want others to know about it, you know? It's just like if you eat really good food, you're like, I got to tell, you know, you know, Mike, like, dude, this pizza I had was so good. You know, if RJ eats like an awesome burger, he's going to want to tell you about it, Mike. And in the same way. If, we, just, we just had burgers, by the way, before we talked to you. Exactly. You know, but how are we as a band supposed to get up and tell people that, that we're stopping in the middle of this rock show to tell people something is like eternally important. But if we don't actually see that for ourselves, you know. Um, we're not really doing much of a service to anybody. We're honestly just, we're phonies, we're hypocrites, we're phoning it in. And so that's honestly, I would say that's how we've been able to stay, um, I guess the course more or less. Um, Really, it's just realizing how much we're loved by God. Um, You know, Jesus said, he who's been forgiven much loves much. and really what that means is those who understand how much they've been forgiven, they're going to love God in light of how much they see they've been forgiven. Um, and so that's the, that's my lifelong quest. Um, and it may be boring to some people, but I, I'm not, I'm not stepping off of that for sure. Two things. Awesome. I love exactly what you said, because RJ and I were literally just talking. Uh, we went out, we went out to dinner before uh, the podcast and we were just talking about, we were shooting the breeze and, I said, you know, the older I get, the more I realize how much of a wretched sinner I am and how much I'm so thankful for God's grace. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like what you were saying. It's, you know, it's, it really starts with the heart. We need to be aware of what's in our heart. Because the Bible says in Matthew, what's in the heart comes right out of the mouth. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate you saying this. And to be honest with you, I'm just going to say it straight. One of the reasons why I admire your band, my favorite bands in general are ones who literally not just write music and they're positive bands but which are which is perfectly fine i love bands who are ministry oriented 
Mm-hmm. You know, the one of the, my phrases, I heard a phrase once and it says, you know, your job is your ministry. Mm-hmm. I love that about you guys. Reading your lyrics, it's just pouring out. And literally, that does not to say what we said earlier, but it sounds like the book of Psalms. It's such a ministry-oriented lyrics, and I, I appreciate you guys for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for that that encouragement. You know, the you know what what is interesting though, and I think it's something that I've realized I kind of want to start voicing is uh you know, lots of people say that to us, but you know, there's also a lot of people who also say, Oh, you guys are selling out, or this song didn't say Jesus's name, or we just as as Christian Americans, we just man, like the the judgment still happens on social media. You know, it's like they see a song, you know, we write like it doesn't matter really the context of anything. They just will look at one song and go, Oh, this didn't, you didn't say God's name in it. You know, what's funny to me is, um, you know, there are songs that I think are the most beautiful pictures of the gospel that we don't have, like God's name's not in it. Mm -hmm. Songs that a lot of people uh, love and think are our most Christian songs. Don't ever say God or Jesus in it. Um, Not because we don't want to, but because, we're just we're making art. I'm not preaching a sermon. When I preach a sermon, I say Jesus's name because it's it's the name by which every everyone uh, if anyone's going to be saved, it's going to be you have to know him. Right. Um, but we're making art. We're making music. And sometimes people struggle to separate the arts from ministry. And that's why when we go on tour, we preach the gospel, because um, songs can do that to some degree. Um, but they're they're always incomplete i got three and a half minutes you know to try and get complex thoughts out and the reality is is that we have songs that are just like dead man that just are it's like the romans road you know Mm -hmm. we have songs like man of sorrows that are basically i you know isaiah 53 and then the gospels um but then we have other songs that i want to write to for people that may not understand all those references of you know crowns of thorns and things like that i want to I want to extend across the aisle to somebody who has no Christian background and help them understand what it feels like to feel your sin, but to know that there's actually grace in Christ. And sometimes it's going to be a much less impressive song, but I don't really care because I'm not writing. That's, you know, I just try and tell people, then that song's not for you. But I wrote that for somebody who has no Christian background and just needs like the smallest little bit of, truth because anything more they really couldn't understand you know no this is the last question for audrey sorry i have to ask this question because i've always thought about this and again i really want to know your thoughts on this one when you're in a christian band and especially a christian hardcore scene um do you do you think it's a necessity to should all Christian hardcore bands should they take the role of making it a ministry, or is there is there a is there a section of that ministry that is just for people who just want positive lyrics? Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that, it, it's a tough question because there's a lot of layers to it. But yeah, I, I I've I've talked about this with people before, and um, I guess the simple way that I would distinguish it is this. Uh, I would never tell anybody to do what we do yeah. um, in particular. One, because um, 
so I, I don't I don't know what your what your audience what your audience is or what they'll understand, but I'm gonna do the best I can to explain it. But you know, in in Christianity, um, everyone everyone's called to preach or communicate the gospel to others because it's it's that which has saved us, right? Sure. Um, and again, he, he's been forgiven much, loves much. This is if if we're understanding how much, we, how much we've been loved, we want to tell other people about this love because it's grace, it's unmerited favor. So you want others to know about it. Um, but not everyone's called to be a preacher, right? Um, and there was a point in my life where um, I, I never thought that I would say this, um, but that I, I, I felt burdened to preach the gospel. Mm. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, I think there is something wrong with guys in bands that if they wanted to get up and preach from stage because they saw somebody else do it and they thought that that would make them look more righteous or they think that that's what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, I, I believe it's something that you should be called to do and gifted to do as well. Um, and, you know, for me, it was very important that I had, um, you know, the, the, the leaders in my church, the men in my church, um, look at my life and see that if I was indeed gifted to do this, um, because I need, I wanted to have accountability. There's a lot of guys that'll just get up and say stuff and they could be saying some wacky stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a very, I don't take that lightly at all. I don't get up on stage and I just wing it. You know, I spend time thinking about what I'm going to say each night. Um, because I understand what I'm communicating has massive importance on whoever hears it. Um, and so I would definitely say not everyone's called to do what we do, um, nor are they bound to write songs in a certain way, but it would be, it would be sad for me. And it would also be a little puzzling if there was never any desire to communicate how beautiful grace is and, grace in Christ. Um, and so that would just, it would leave me with questions for the individual. You know, it's really hard to put a whole band on trial. Um, cause I've known guys in bands who wish their band was more X, but they're not the lyricist or they're not the singer, you know? Um, so it's hard to put a whole band on trial, Yeah, but you have, you have to treat the individual. And again, I'm not asking that as a, just to make it clear, I'm not asking that as like judging people who don't do it, but I always, yeah. I've always had this discussion with people. I'm like, if you're a Christian band, should you be more um, outspoken? For instance, you have Switchfoot. Switchfoot is a Christian band, but they're mm -hmm. not—they're not preaching every single time. Where you right. have bands like Disciple, you actually remind when you talk, you remind me of Kevin from Disciple, the lead singer. He's like—I he, he, remember watching a video of him. He's like, I'm gonna—I'm gonna pray today about what to say. Because I don't want to say something that's from me. I want Christ to work through me in my voice and, and use my voice to say something. I don't want to just speak because I want to speak. I want to speak as Christ is leading me to speak. Mm -hmm. and, um, but, yeah, I've always wondered, and I, I, I appreciate your, uh, your answer on that because, again, we shouldn't speak just to speak because we're, mm -hmm. we're speaking from the flesh. We're doing, we're going to end up doing way more damage if, unless the Holy spirit is really working through us to say something. Yeah. 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 That was a good answer before you mentioned, I kind of want to go back. You said um, that when you were younger, you know, you kind of grew up with um, 
maybe not the the meat and potatoes of faith, I mm -hmm. guess. And, and it started to get more serious for you at some point. But maybe you can pinpoint this. Maybe you can't. You know, when did your faith start to become the forefront of what you do? Uh, you know, when did it become something that you definitely wanted to incorporate into everything you do? Yeah, so... It, yeah, this, so what happened was, so I graduated high school. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do and, uh, I didn't know where I wanted to go to college. And so I went to a community college for my first year. Cause I also, I wanted to play soccer in college and I actually couldn't decide on the schools and I didn't know what I wanted to do and I didn't want to waste a year. Um, and so I decided to just work, save my money and then, then I'll enroll and, I had the same, every single class I had, there was one guy with the same exact schedule as me. And it was this Muslim guy named Ahmed. And I didn't realize he was Ahmed or that he was Muslim for a while. And we would get breakfast, you know, before, before classes every, every day and, and just talk. And somehow it conversation came up and faith came up. And I, so I started sharing the gospel to him and he was just like, Whoa, what are you doing? He's like, I'm Muslim. And I'm like, uh, I was like, so I was like, do you, do you know what Christianity is? And so as a, we started having conversations, what I very quickly realized was I really didn't, I knew enough to share the gospel. I didn't really understand it. Mm. Um, and I was so crushed. Now it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as though I didn't know how to defend the Bible or things like that. Um, I just realized as I was talking, I didn't even, I, I couldn't, I couldn't reference where some of these verses were, or I wasn't sure about things, or I would say stuff and I would be like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. And I, I, I literally, I was crushed. Honestly, I was crushed because I realized I knew nothing. And I had been doing that kind of thing with many people, but not really knowing enough to myself. I, I, I was saying things that were raising questions for myself. And I was like, what is going on? And I realized at that moment, I I need to know this gospel I claim to believe and understand. And really, one of the major things that I realized was I honestly didn't understand what, what does a Jewish man being crucified at the hands of Romans and some Pharisees have to do with saving me? Hmm. And it's I had faith that Jesus was God. I had faith that he was a savior, that I needed him to save me from my sins. I didn't know how he did it. I just thought, because that's what I was always called to. You just have to believe that Jesus did this. So I had to just believe in this historical fact. That's really how it was always presented to me. And uh, as I started thinking about that, I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense. And so that's what really began my journey of trying to understand what is the gospel. And honestly, the thing that, changed my life forever and it's hard for me to even talk about this without getting emotional is understanding that what jesus did he did in my place like he became my sin and i never understood that he everything that i had done every law i had broken christ hung on that cross and suffered all of the wrath that was reserved for me and then I got his perfect life. I got his righteousness. And that's what made me clean in God's eyes. And when I, 
it was really the personal aspect of what Jesus had done. People always said, make him your personal savior. It's no different. To, like when I you say thought, that, it makes no right. difference than saying, make him your personal accountant. Like, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> um, in some sense, he did become our personal accountant because he paid all of our debt. Um, but um, <laughs> we're not going to call Jesus an accountant. I'm not, that's her- let's not do that. It's heresy probably. Um, but uh but that's when I realized that, that changed my life forever because that was really when I came to truly understand what the gospel was. And I really saw that it was love. Like I got that it was love, you know, that God loves me and he sent his son for me, but I didn't really get really was what was at the heart of it. And um, so when I came to understand that, that radically changed my life, um, radically. Wow, that is, that's great! Thank you very much for for sharing that. Um, we've yeah. had we've had many different like like what what Mike was saying earlier. We've had the scope of bands on our on our podcast, and all of them are great, awesome people. We've had people that are that are that are uh, you know super Christian. You know, the, just the 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 lyrics are there, the 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 music is there, the ministry is there. We've had people that are on Christian labels that are just kind of. They maybe they don't even know where they are, but mm-hmm. um, your explanations have been on point tonight. Um, I've actually been getting some texts too from people who are watching as well, and just you're really hitting some points that I think we haven't hit to this point. This is episode I think number nineteen or so, um, and um, it's just there's some really good points in there, and even things that are making me think um, about that too. You know, I've been in those situations where you're speaking to somebody and they have a question, and then all of a sudden either I don't know how to answer that very well. Or maybe I have that question too, and I'm like, oh mm-hmm. man, I don't, I don't know. And that I think that's a good thing for mm-hmm. us to to recognize and not just try to, you know, kind of navigate our way through it. You know, I, yeah. I, I went to a Bible college uh, growing up, and we did the apologetics classes where mm-hmm. they were like, well, if they say this, you say this, and if they say this, you say this, and it doesn't work. Like you have to really, you have to like believe that stuff. You can't just like. Okay, he's gonna say this. I know I need to say this, but I don't know what any of that means. And yeah, um, I think some of the best people that I've seen in concert or preaching or talking about God are the people who just don't know everything and are okay to admit that mm-hmm. and are okay to admit where they're questioning their faith or where they're questioning um, what something what something means, mm-hmm. um, and that they're open with that. So that's really mm-hmm. cool. I appreciate that. Um, you know, we don't have a ton of time to go through everything and, and our podcast is not like a, you release this and then you release this, but, um, <laughs> you know, you did, you did release, um, four, uh, albums, uh, mm-hmm. on solid state captors, uh, VXV types and shadows and eclipse. Uh, again, I think I got into you on the second album. So actually it was 2014 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and you played a bunch of creation fests too, mm-hmm. uh, over in Pennsylvania, which I loved that festival for a long mm-hmm. time. Um, saw some really good bands there, but. Um, uh, you're coming out with a new album. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to say March 11th. Am I right? You got it. Awesome. Cool. And that is eulogies. Um, this is a unique one because you guys got to kind of write this during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, which we're all dealing with in various ways. Um, what was the writing like for this one, um, versus maybe the, the past ones when life was a bit more busy or is there no difference at all? Yeah, there really wasn't that big of a difference. The f- well, so one thing that was pretty massive on the last record was um, getting to do a lot of writing on the road. Um, so I, so I wrote, um, I would write, you know, I try to write a song beginning to end and I would create, you know, a couple dozen songs and then I 
bring them to the guys and we kind of work through um, what's good and what's bad about the song. And we were able to do that on tour, a lot of that on tour for the last record, uh, which was which was cool. Um, but for this, obviously, we didn't see each other. Um, so the process was pretty much the same. But the only difference was is we actually, uh, you know, this was at the tail end of uh the pandemic yeah it was actually it was like spring of 20 or last year uh spring of last year okay. so all of we had all the songs written you know i'd written all the songs and we just all met up in columbus you know where the band started and and just rented a studio space and just hashed out the songs like what's good what's bad about this and you know working through all that stuff so that was a lot of fun you know because i for me like i i I do a lot of the front end work, you know, cause I, I'll write every, you know, every part of the, the, the record, honestly, um, you know, from drums all the way down to vocals and lyrics, but, um, I'm not the best drummer in the band. I'm not the best bassist. I'm not the best screamer. You know, uh, we have guys who are a lot better at that than I am. And so that's, what's cool is I bring my idea to like Avishai, our drummer, and say, hey, this is what I was thinking for this part. Make it better or change it. That's always, that's what's always on the table. Um, and so that was a lot of fun to actually get to do that in person. We missed each other. We hadn't seen each other for like a year and a half. Um, so, I mean, I'll probably never forget. It was like four intense days and we were all pretty burnt out because we were like in a, in a, this like big open studio room for, four days for you know i mean guaranteed 15 hour days you know gotcha. so brains were pretty fried at the end of it but we got some pretty awesome stuff out of it hey uh That's jeffrey awesome. alexander wants to know when are you going to be in kansas oh man i don't know the way things are so you, you you see tours go up and you see them get canceled um and so things are just like way too uncertain right now um you know, and for us, we've got a lot more moving pieces to put together to tour than it does for most bands. You know, we all have families and, and kids and, um, you know, we want to make sure that whenever we leave our families, we want to make sure that we have good reason to do so. Um, and so, yeah. Well, even a better one, his, uh, you know, he says that his four-year-old son himself, they sing Dead Man in all your songs together with his four-year-old son. <laughs> yeah that's awesome nice um so again i think i mentioned it earlier i loved uh the acoustic uh ep that you guys did where you mm -hmm. brought in uh, a bunch of people how did that come about um have you always wanted to do acoustic things i mean i know you just came out with an acoustic version of uh stop the bleeding uh, mm -hmm. which was awesome as well but to do a full uh you know six song ep or so um how'd that come about um, a lot of the songs start that way. Um, like the single we just released uh, last week, Lights and Fire, was just straight up acoustic jam that I wrote. Um, and uh, so a lot of the songs start there. And we, I basically just try to figure out a way to make it Wolves at the Gate, you know. And so um, the idea of going back to that and showing people really where they came from, the songs, you know, um, is pretty cool. Um, yeah, because, I mean... If you, anybody looked through my phone and looked at all my voice memos, you would just find, you know, a lot of just acoustic and uh, it's not like me shredding on the electric guitar most of the time. It's it's me grabbing an acoustic and 
you know, humming a, a melody or, you know, scatting over a guitar part, you know. So, um, yeah, that's we just thought it'd be really cool to do that. Yeah, I, I, I really I enjoy it when the harder bands do an acoustic set or an acoustic uh, version of their song all the way back. I remember Hangnail uh, did an acoustic uh, album Hangnail. Of that I, I haven't, loved. I haven't heard that band so in a long time. I wanted to go back. I wanted to show I knew a little bit about it. Way back. You went back to like 1999. Uh, I did. Uh, Hangnail and then Emery. Emery being one of my favorites. You know, mm -hmm. they, they've done their acoustic stuff is almost better than their 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 harder stuff. It's like a whole different band. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and there's been so many others, too. And then to come across, you know, the fact that you did something with, you know, Toby on one of the songs, Relief, which is a great song. Um, and then Zach Bolin, um, I've been listening to that song for a very long time, and I just found out this week that it was Zach from Citizens. Yeah, Success. no idea. Um, I've been getting into them recently the last couple of years. Love it. Yeah. Um, so that was just a really cool experience. I think it also brings in a set of people that may not have started to listen to your music, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh man, this is this is really good." Um, I know for me, I love both sides of, of the coin. But yeah, um, how yeah, was they... that to to actually put together with some of those guys? Yeah, I mean, obviously, logistically, it was a little complicated, but, you know, they all those guys recorded stuff on, on their own end and just sent it to us. Mm -hmm. And so we just threw it in there and mixed it. I just kind of told them, hey, it'd be cool if you sang this section, just kind of do whatever you want. And um, it was cool for us because, you know, they're all singers that we like to hear. Um, and so, yeah, Toby did Relief, uh, Michael from Being as an Ocean did Dead Man. And that was cool because... I remember meeting Michael when we toured with Being as an Ocean a while ago, 2014. You know, he was telling me, he's like, you know, how much he loved that song. And it was so weird for me because I'm like, man, it's not it's not normal for, honestly, guys in bands generally, like, there's like this weird competitiveness about it. And they generally don't like saying when they like something. It's stupid. It's a, probably a guy thing, too. But he was just so kind, like, and I, I had a lot of respect for him as a vocalist. He's such a great singer, such a great musician. And so when he told me, he's just like, oh, man, like, yeah, I remember listening to Dead Man when it came out. I love that song. And I was just floored. One, because, yeah, like, guys don't, they don't compliment each other. But, um, and so when we did an acoustic version, I was like, yeah, I, my, I was like, I was like, Michael's got, he's got to sound this because his, his voice is so good. Um and so that was so cool to connect with. And Toby, we toured with Emery a bunch. So that was that was pretty easy to just kind of hit him up and and ask him if he was down, which was cool. Um, and then uh, Ryan Latrue from Four Today sang on Bird and the Snake. And we we never toured with Four Today, but I always literally was always running into Ryan on tour. And some either he was on tour, or I was on tour or whatever it was he's just a great guy a great musician we have so much in common um you know musically personality wise and he actually heard the bird and the snake um when we were working on it in the studio um because they did a lot of their records at the same studio we did and i remember him hearing that and he was just telling me he's like this is the best song on that record and and so that was kind of natural um for me to want to ask him to do it and uh and then zach Zach just has the coolest voice. Um, Zach from from yeah. Citizens, and uh, um, Adam Scatula, our A and R at Solid State, um, he actually plays drums in Citizens, and so that's how I made that connection. Nice. And I'd I'd met Zach before through all that, and so yeah, he 
you know, no shade to the rest of the guys, but Zach, I think he he took the trophy on uh, best feature for the acoustic record, and then uh, Aaron Troyer from Come Wind. There, uh, we've known those guys since we first started, and they are uh, they're not a band anymore, but they are an amazing band. Aaron's an amazing musician, um, and so he was just a no brainer to ask him to sing. So basically, I just tried to find people that were like, I was like, all right, what are singers I want to listen to instead of me? And so those are the <laughs> those are the guys I picked. <laughs> so, nice. so Steve, um, you guys have been around for about ten years. Do you ever think about what, what does God have for you next? Like where where am I going to be next? Do you, do you see yourself preaching? Do you see yourself in? What do you see yourself after this is all said and done? Um, it is kind of weird to think about not playing music. Yeah. Um, especially being somebody who's like said I was going to quit many times. <laughs> um, and uh, I just I love making music, and so I have a feeling I'm going to be making music for a long time, whether or not it's with Wolves at the Gate or whether or not even stuff I put out, I mean, I, I have records of records of music that has never been released um, that I hope to one day. Nice. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I guess for the future, you know, I've always had a passion to preach. Um, and uh, I do that. I do that at my church. Um, I'm an elder at, at my church. And so, um, you know, we have, we have a full-time preacher, um, but when he needs a break, um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm the one that will preach. And so I, um, he yeah, asked for the future, yeah, just continuing to serve at my church. Um, you know, um, I don't really know what the future holds. Every record feels like it could be the last one, but, um, we don't really have any plans on, on quitting. And it's, it's a lot easier to make music nowadays because of modern technology and, um, you know, Joey and I also have spent years learning how to, um, engineer and do stuff like that. So I don't know. Nice. I don't know what the future holds, but I'm hoping just more music. Cause I, I just, it's such a great opportunity. Nice. Nice. Well, we got a couple uh, of last questions. We're hitting the hour mark or so. Okay. Um, again, thank you so much for taking your time to hang out with us and we really appreciate it. Um, we've got a couple of other uh, shows coming up in season three that we're looking forward to. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to a good year, I think, this year. Um, so with that said, we have two questions, one below. Uh, what's your process when you sit down and write a song? Jeffrey's asking. Um, yeah, chicken or the egg. Somebody was just asking me this yesterday. It is a little bit of what comes first, the chicken or the egg. And to me, it's it, it's music or, or lyrics, you know. Um, and there really is no, there's no process, you know, honestly, songs have sparked from like a, a line of, of lyrics. Um, and songs have also sparked from, you know, like a humming a melody in my phone. Um, so there's just, there's so many ways that songs, so many ways that songs come about. And I try to not limit myself as to how I create songs so that I, I don't want to make the same thing over and over again. Obviously, I have tendencies and a, a style or a certain, you know, voice when it comes to my own creativity. But I try to just use different tools, you know, you know, before Eclipse, I was like, you know what? I've always been afraid of synths and stuff like that. I'm like, let me just start playing with sounds and see if that, you know, creates ideas. And it did. 
and uh so yeah that's for me it can really come from anything um that's that's kind of i start the process with what gets me excited it could be music it could be a lyrical concept um could be a melody uh i just need a little spark to get me going nice i actually got another question by text uh from a friend ali uh, does he spend a lot of time in prayer over writing songs, or do you just kind of sort of go with what you feel the Holy Spirit is giving you? Uh, well, I always ask the Lord to help me um, because, uh, yeah, any anything I do in this life, you know, even just the, my heart beating, <laughs> I have no control over that. Um, so, you know, there are times where I've been trying to write music and I'm frustrated and I realize it's just because I'm, I'm so worried about trying to make a cool song and I'm just like, Lord, I know I'm not going to, I don't, I won't have anything to give if you don't give it to me. Um, mm. And that's honestly a very common um, prayer. Um, you know, it's not very impressive sounding, but none of my prayers probably are because they all tend to come out of weakness and need because that's what I am. I'm weak and I, and I need him and he's so good. You know, I, every record we finish, I'm just like, I can't believe I made 13 more songs that I don't hate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> I hear that. Well, uh, 2022 has started. Uh, before we go, is there any, I mean, you have a new album coming out, so mm-hmm. we'll say that again. March 11th, uh, Eulogies is available everywhere. It looks like uh, you have Spotify and Apple Music and, uh, up on there, but plenty of other places, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and you have some uh, singles out right now already on Spotify and uh, I think YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, feel free to go and check those out. But is there anything else going on this year that you're looking forward to, um, or just, whether it be Wolves at the Gate or elsewhere that 2022 is holding for you? No, honestly, this is probably the biggest thing. I've been looking forward to. I've been working really hard on this. Um, you know, we've invested a lot of time, a lot of care and passion, and so I, I can't wait for people to hear the record. Um, there's, I, I want to release it now, you know, um, but, you know, we got to market it properly uh, so that the label can, you know, make good on their investment. But, uh, yeah. yeah, like we're now, you know, we're generally pretty silent on social media uh, unless we have something to share with people. And so I'm going to be pretty active on there as much as I hate social media. I like the social part of it. Um, so, you know, I mean, you don't argue on Facebook, you don't argue on Facebook about politics and everything else. No, I, I just have Facebook for the band, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Marshawn Lynch. He's like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. You know, that's, <laughs> that's me with social media. I remember, I remember that. I'm just here so I don't get fined, you know, but <laughs> the label doesn't get mad at me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so, uh, with co- yeah. bearing COVID in mind, do you picture the band trying to do a tour in support of the album? We want to desperately. It's really just about whether that's even possible. You know, so many bands that we're friends with um, announce tours and then they have to cancel it, you know, and we just, yeah. So we're just trying to get a gauge on where things are at. And then, you know, obviously the right opportunity as well. Um, we would love to go and support, you know, uh, a larger act. And so that's kind of what we're hoping to do. Um, yeah, but. The cool thing is, and I'll, I'll leave this as cryptic as possible, but um, we did do something in anticipation of if things get locked down, we have something that we're excited to share with people after the record is released. So, 
Sweet. Nice. Sounds good. Well, hey, again, thank you so much for for joining us today and for for taking time. Um, you were you were a quick response uh, for coming on the show, so I really appreciate it. Uh, sometimes it's funny when we ask people. Sometimes we just never hear anything. Sometimes we you know we hear something and it just never comes down. But God's been really cool with this podcast for us, and and we started this right at the beginning, uh, or not the beginning, but we started in 2020 uh, in November. And Mike hit me up and he's like, hey, let's. Let's start this podcast. We'll 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 reach out and interview bands. And I'm like, how? I was like, they're not going to want to be on our podcast. <laughs> and the first band we asked was Spoken, uh, and they came yeah, Matt's, on. And Matt's one of my dude. favorites. Yeah. He's a great. He was, yeah. and he did the show in his car, driving from a show to another show in the middle of the night. And <laughs> of course, uh, he did. <laughs> it was great the whole time. You just hear that he has his window wide open, wind everywhere, and I'm like, dude, I was like, this is great that you're taking your time to hang out with us and. From there, we just we kind of just kept asking, and and during the pandemic, I think that helped us obviously as well. Yeah. And um, as soon as I, it was just last week, I went right before I, I hit you up, I I said, you know what, I think things are starting to get canceled again. We should see if people will say yes again. And, <laughs> um, shout it out there. So so again, thank you for for taking yeah. the time. Uh, we'll end the show, and then if you don't mind just sticking around, we'll say goodbye to sure. you on the outside. Uh, but again, thanks for for joining us. Thank you, Mike. Uh, as always, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. I think actually next week we will see you guys. So next Monday, uh, feel free to join us. Uh, I already yeah, forgot who it was, so we I apologize. Two next, we have two next week. Uh, no, I, I have no idea. That's why I didn't want to say who it was. I already, <laughs> next Monday at 8 for one. sure with some dude. All right, we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Listening to the 4 7 Podcast, the podcast where two normal guys interview and reminisce about their favorite Christian artists from the 90s and today.